Hello everyone, welcome to Struggle Session. I am your host, Leslie Lee III. As always, I am joined by my co-host, the host of Jack AM, Jack Allison. Thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for your reviews on iTunes. Thank you for subscribing to us at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus. That's where you can get all the bonus episodes and all the public episodes at free. As always, if you want to hit us up on the hotline, just head to sesh.show. We got voicemail. Give us your questions. Give us your takes. And if you really need to get in touch with me, check out my call-in show, Culture Weeknights on the Call-In app. iOS only for now, but you can hear the episodes after they air at 1900culture.com. Yes, 1900culture.com. So, Jack, did you brave possible infection with a deadly virus to see spider-man part nine no (laughs) just outright i didn't i'm not gonna see this spider-man i really don't have any interest in it you know i saw the you know the video that was posted online of like the crowd going crazy at the end of spider-man and all i could think of was that headline saying that there were a million new coronavirus cases over the long holiday weekend the thing that is supposed to be so surprising about it everybody's known for like a full year at this point which is that like yes of course although they have lied about it you know in all of the press about it that you know andrew garfield and toby mcguire show up and uh, I've seen that clip. Um, I think the dialogue in that clip is like pretty embarrassing. Just the tone of the way they're talking to each other and, you know, this high excitement of Tobey Maguire like, great, great, the Avengers, the Avengers. Uh, what's the Avengers? Um, I have zero interest and, and the clips I've seen online have not, you know, piqued my interest any further. Um, I think I'm just outright done with the Marvels. You know, I, I made the mistake of watching a cam of the Eternals and and wow, that felt like a fucking eternity <laughs> watching that movie. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 off the board. I'm off board with that particular television show. Yeah, I didn't expect a lot of people to be into the movie just because of the convoluted plot, mixing all the different you know iterate the excuse me the different corporate uh, rollouts of Spider-Man. It's not necessarily different characters. Yeah. It's just different uh, stages of different the IP, ownerships. different ownerships of the IP. Different different owners. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> even though that you know apparently people just were so excited to see this. They were willing willing to risk uh, COVID for this more than any other Spider-Man movie. Because let's break down the numbers. The box office so far for Spider-Man No Way Home, $670 million during the pandemic. That's more than any of the other Spider-Mans outside the goddamn pandemic. I can't believe this. And this is not, it's not like everybody's going back to see every movie or everybody's going back to theaters. It's just Spider-Man. Other mov- big movies have come out and just straight up flop. The Matrix. No one went and saw the, the the new Matrix in the theaters. Absolutely. I did. I braved I braved that one. I braved the theaters twice to see The Matrix. Basically, no one else did. But the Spider-Man, it, it basically did numbers as if there were was no pandemic whatsoever 
they do have to hold movies hostage at movie theaters. Like people are not going to be going to the movie theaters if it's available at home. You know, you talk about the Matrix and it's like that is what's at the big core of the Matrix. And maybe people just don't want to see the Matrix anymore and just weren't that excited about it. And, you know, to begin with, it kind of feels like they hadn't even started advertising the matrix until like a month and a half before it came out or something like that. But, you know, I I think that this year or, you know, a year and a half of sort of experimenting with home release and simultaneous home and theater release, I think what they've learned is they need to feed people into the charnel house and get them out there into the COVID infected theaters. Like, uh, because if it's available at home, people are going to take that option and watch it at home. And, you know, the movie won't have any box office. But also, I mean, this Spider-Man movie, even though there have been a few theater exclusives that have done so-so in the box office, this oh, sure. one is just doing is doing as well as as if it if COVID were not happening. And that, when that when that happens, what that says to me is like, if I'm a Warner Brothers, like, am I thinking like, oh shit, we're just like fucked because we thought you know getting a hundred million here, a hundred million there on what we were putting out during the pandemic was fine, but then Marvel puts out this big Spider-Man movie. Like, now I think everybody's going to say, if we're going to make movies, maybe they need to be, like, Spider-Man and, like, exactly like Marvel movies because nothing else made any real money. Spider-Man doing so well has me so exhausted. Truly. I just am like, oh, my God. These fucking movies are going to be in theaters until, like, I am like 70 years old. Like, I actually think now that the Marvel movies might outlive the United States of America. You know, (laughs) like, I think that, like, you know, at this point, I I don't see these movies going anywhere. You know, even like Shang-Chi, which is an also ran, you know, nobody really gave a shit about it. That did like way better than it should have. Like the only Marvel that's like failed and can really be qualified a failure is the Eternals. Um, And, you know, that was like... A little that was a bit of hubris for them to even try to sort of position um, as a major, you know, tentpole Marvel because nobody cares about the Eternals and nobody ever will. Well, speaking of the Eternals and hubris and basically all these movies, apparently Marvel Studios is pushing um, all their releases from this year, Shang-Chi. Um, Spider-Man, Eternals, and even Black Widow, absolutely hideous movie, by the way, for basically every Oscar category that they're eligible for, is a full court press from Marvel in the pandemic year to try to basically strong arm the Academy into giving them an Oscar. And Jack, I don't know how many of these you've seen from what I've seen, even with a possibly weak field of contenders, like I, it seems like Disney is kind of really pushing their luck, trying to convince people that spy that like Tom Holland deserves an Oscar for Spider-Man. I, I feel like this is them pushing around their weight basically kind of being like, do you want anyone to ever watch the Oscars again? I think that this is almost like it, there's like an implicit threat here about like, you know, the Oscars, you know, the the which air on Disney, by going, the way, which air which on, air on a- Disney, ABC, uh, Disney and have the ratings have been going down, you know, precipitously year by year. Um, last year, Nomadland won. And that's a movie that I think approximately 400 people saw. I think there were 400 people in America who saw Nomadland. Well, Kevin Feige saw it and he hired Chloe Zhao to do (laughs) Eternals. Here's my big question. When the Marvels 
when a Marvel wins Best Picture, will Kevin Feige be wearing one of his hats on stage, uh, his little baseball caps uh, on stage at the Oscars uh, to accept his Oscar? That's my question. And I mentioned um, Tom Holland earlier. And and Jack, we're, we're sick of this fucker, right? I mean, we're, we're about sick of him, right? I'm... Like, I, I feel like every t- they roll out these new white boys every few years, and it's just like, he I'm kind of done with him uh, already. I mean, Tom Holland is exclusively Spider-Man, right? Like, I'm looking at, you know, his his filmography, oh my God. It's going to be Nathan Drake. Yeah, but who gives a fucking yeah, no, shit about yeah, Nathan Drake? Honestly, like, it's, it, like, that's one of the ones where I'm like, I even liked the Uncharted games, but I liked them because they were kind of like Indiana Jones. I don't need, like, a movie of a game that was kind of like Indiana Jones when there are already all the Indiana Jones <laughs> movies. Um, but yeah, no, Tom Holland stinks. Um, <laughs> and if you really want to know, uh, if you really want a good, you know, uh, um, example and, and understanding of how Tom Holland stinks and also how the russo brothers stink watch cherry last year's cherry um about like a you know war veteran who becomes a heroin addicted bank robber a serious turn by the russo brothers starring tom holland a one for us um (laughs) if uh you know that this is the one for us for the russo brothers and man that's an embarrassing film that's a very embarrassing film and it that film i almost thought was like the Russo brothers are so corporate. They're such like car commercial director guys that even the one for them comes off as like paint by numbers and corporate. But well, yeah, Tom Jack, Holland maybe, is, maybe is you're being a little not too impressive. Hard. Maybe you're being a little too hard. Maybe we're being a little too hard. So I, I do want to have Tom a chance to speak on this. So I want to read a quote from him about this very issue about, you know, oh, the boy. difference between superhero movies and prestige movies and he even brings a, up a director uh Martin Scorsese uh, I, I guess this was in response to Maurice Scorsese's comments about Marvel movies being more theme park rides than actual cinema so I'll go ahead read this quote uh from Tom Holland I've made Marvel movies and I've also made movies that have been in the conversation in the world of the Oscars and the what? Old... which ones okay. which ones well, well Jack to be clear he's he does not say Oscar nominated films. He says been in the conversation in the world of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. and I think he absolutely yes. is referencing Cherry. Uh, and yeah. the only difference really is one is much more expensive than the other. But the way I break Both that- of these were directed by fucking Marvel directors, <laughs> Tom. They were still the Russo brothers when you did the movie that was designed to win an Oscar but was like not even considered because it sucked so bad. But anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but the way I break down the character, the way the director etches out the arc of the story and the characters it's all the same just done on a different mm-hmm. scale so i do mm-hmm. think they're real art i mean you can also ask benedict cumberbatch or robert downey jr or scarlett johansson people who have made the kinds of movies that are oscar worthy and also made superhero movies and they will tell you that they're the same just on a different scale and there's less spandex in oscar movies yeah, I bet Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, who doesn't seem to like to speak about the Marvel movies in any capacity, <laughs> yeah. would tell you it's exactly the same as the Oscar stuff. I bet Scarlett Johansson, who just had to sue over profit participation, would be like, "Yeah, it's exactly like Under the Skin," you know, <laughs> when I do fucking uh, when I do fucking Black Widow. I don't know. I I, I truly am like uh, Tom Holland is uh, what a little goofball. I, here's my thing. First of all, this needs to stop. 
the talk back and forth about asking real directors about Marvel movies and all the fucking they need to stop asking real directors about Marvel movies. We know what they're going to say. And I know that like when you're sent out from fucking slash film or whatever, that you feel like no one is going to look at your profile of Werner Herzog unless you ask him about fucking, you know, Shang-Chi or something like that. Like, but we need oh, this. Oh, he actually likes him, by the way. Werner Herzog okay, well, is, is on record as defending but, but the But yes. the fact that he's even had to go on record. The yeah. fa- well, first of all, he was in. Yeah, I, yeah I he was in one. He's a, ba- he's a bad pick for it because he's been in the Star Wars Yeah, bullshit, he's in the Star you know Wars I mean? shit, yeah. He's in the Star Wars shit. But either way, I'm just like any of these fucking guys. Lars von Trier. It's like you're they're going out to profile Lars von Trier, <laughs> and they're like, they have access to Lars von Trier, and they're like, what do you think about fucking the Eternals or whatever? This needs to stop. It needs to stop stop like I, you know it's embarrassing it for the marvel people it's embarrassing it's embarrassing for james gunn and tom holland to go out in there and be like actually like my boss makes really good movies the movies that i'm making for my boss mickey mouse are really good they're really <laughs> serious serious and good movies it's like can we all can you just like i it's it's i don't know it's like if they were asking like every author of a book about like Harry about Potter. DC Con- about Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. You know, uh, uh, I, I think it needs to stop. Uh, I, I feel for all the directors who catch a, a, a load of shit because they're like Marvel's suck. Like we shouldn't know what Martin Scorsese thinks about Marvel movies. Like and of course he doesn't like like them. He likes he'll watch like 40 silent films in a day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I defend Martin Scorsese and I, I think what he said about the Marvels is correct, but I also think that everybody needs to stop asking them. If you get a fucking sit down with a real director, don't ask them what they think about the worst fucking popcorn trash. Like, just stop. <laughs> stop it already. Like, of course, and I'll, this isn't how it used to be. Like, every time they interviewed directors in the 90s, they weren't like, what do you think of Independence Day? Because they would have been like, <laughs> It sucked. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sick of it. Like, uh, but Tom Holland, what a joke to to talk about the movies that he has been in, uh, um, that have been in Oscar contention. He the in only the conversation talk- around Oscar contention, Jack. Let's be fair. He said they've been Literally, in the air around the conversation, somewhere adjacent to the Oscar <laughs> discussion. Yes. The conversation he had with the Russo brothers, which was, we're making this movie to get our Oscar. Yeah. Uh, that, was the conver- that was the conversation he's talking about, is that they planned to win an Oscar for Cherry, and it didn't happen. All right. But, Jack, I, I when the full court press that the when uh the full court press for disney for all these movies for the oscars rolled out people started cracking jokes about why don't they just make a uh, oscar for marvel movies and i had to remind people even though it was only uh, three uh three short years ago that they actually did do that the academy of film actually yeah. the academy of motion picture arts and sciences the academy of the Oscars created an Oscar for uh, outstanding achievement in popular film or the Academy Award for best popular film. Literally an Oscar for superhero movies was uh, created and the front runner, of course, would have been Black Panther. This would have been a moment to hand Black Panther an Oscar created for it and the company that uh, runs uh, that produced it 
but they for some reason the academy just like got cold feet and canceled it well without all the saying voters got mad it. at them the the academy members got mad about it is what happened is like this was like an initiative that they were announcing ostensibly because of what we're talking about here no one watches the oscars and no one watches any of the movies that are nominated for oscars i saw a horrendous just absolutely depressing statistic leslie which is that um five of the six top movies of last year were marvel movies five of the six of the top box office movies were marvel movies i maybe am an advocate for just create a category for marvel movies because they put out enough to fill a category at this point like you can fill five you can have five nominees and just be like best marvel movie of the year um i don't know the, this failed when they tried to do it before um the academy still wants to take itself seriously um you know the question of like when the reality of that nobody is nobody's watching these awards and and nobody sees any of these movies kind of comes to a head when they realize that like reruns of modern family are getting better ratings than the academy awards they're they're gonna have to either retool or the academy awards are gonna stop airing on television well we have been calling for the Oscar for the oscars to be canceled for a while in fact we have an episode with the late great uh michael brooks called cancel uh the oscars a great one to go back and listen to but this year they actually did cancel the golden globes uh i feel like a lot of people heard about this here's the thing leslie they they didn't televise the game this is why language gets confusing leslie the golden globes occurred so, but they weren't televised. So, what happened was is that the Golden Globes were canceled, and I mean that in the colloquial sense. They were canceled because they, you know, are not uh, oh, diverse a TV enough. Show. They, I was thinking yes. just because they're not like a TV show is canceled. They were canceled, like a TV show was canceled. Oh yes, yes, yes. And they were, and they were also canceled in the woke way yes. of not having enough diversity on their yes. board. But they were not canceled in the sense that they were still actually held. They did gather a bunch of Italian journalists at the uh, Beverly Hills Hilton to read off of cards to each other what they voted. Um, so the canceled Golden Globes were canceled, and perhaps they should have canceled the ceremony but they did not cancel the ceremony so it's a double canceled golden globes that actually still was not canceled uh and they went forward with the canceled canceled golden globes <laughs> i see it very very clear very easy uh to follow some of the big winners hey we already mentioned it uh best pitch motion picture drama power of the dog starring uh benedict cumberbatch um trying to use an american accent again for some reason i don't i don't know why they uh keep doing that <laughs> one uh, uh will smith king richard winning for a uh, best actor in motion picture now this is one i actually watched and i actually really really liked uh king richard mm. but i feel like it didn't get a lot of buzz because the racism because it's a it's a biopic about black people right and usually whenever there's a biopic about black people it's about racism and there's a part of that uh in that but the racism is always like the old racism like the clan sicking dogs on civil rights leaders marches that sort of thing slavery etc this is more the sort of racism actually committed by the people watching the movie 
uh, itself is, is because it's about this, the Williams sisters and the racism that they faced from like right. the media, uh, which you see uh, in the film. And those are the, it's like those same people, like all those people aren't dead. Like the people who were racist to the Williams sisters when they were coming up, like they're still around. So I feel like a lot of people haven't been talking about this movie because it's just about how racist like people are like right now as opposed to the uh, historical racism. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't see the film. I kind of want to see it, actually. Um, I honestly I honestly got a little confused even seeing, like, the posters for it around town because I, for a moment, I was like, I kept thinking, because he's, like, he's, like, riding someone in, like a, like, a shopping cart or something like that. I thought it was, like, Will Smith's weird, like, travelogue show that he's doing for oh. Disney+. Plus. <laughs> he's doing, like, a weird, like, stunt-based travelogue show on Disney+, Plus, and I kind of, like, didn't even register that this movie was coming out until recently so it's like another one of these ones where i'm like you don't even like hear about some of these yeah, movies yeah. like at all yeah it was a hbo max one but that, it was pretty good and i really really enjoyed it a very you know inspirational story but did you know that with uh, people a lot of people have been talking about this uh, stay on the will smith tip the dramatic reboot of the oh, fresh God. prince of bel-air on peacock now I know a lot of people are very upset about it, but I don't really know why because I don't think Fresh Prince of Bel Air is necessarily like that great a show. It was like very sure. of its time. It's a very t '90s TV show. It's the prototypical '90s TV show. So I don't like. I watched it as a kid every uh, Monday night. I loved it, but I, it doesn't really bother me if they're going to do a reboot and even like a dramatic reboot because the story lends itself i think to sure. dramatic I uh, telling that. i can see that i i th for me i think people get confused between something being funny and kind of absurd and and then being angry about it you know what i mean like i'm not angry about the dramatic reboot of uh, fresh prince of bel-air i just think that the trailer looks like something out of sketch comedy to me you know what i mean like to me i'm just like this is like we can't have any new stories everything needs to be exploiting some weird existing ip but i don't have any real like i'm not like they're fucking up like my memories of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it just is more like I guess nothing ever will go untouched. Like any property that has existed before, we're gonna do the weird funhouse mirror version of it here in 2022. In a lot of ways, it really is like the Joker movie. It, like this is like the turning the Fresh Prince into this kind <laughs> of you know prestige drama is kind of like you know turning the Joker into a Martin Scorsese movie. Which because you mentioned you know everything has to be based on the same ips like what if they were just like we need we want to do kind of a drama about this well you gotta make it something that we already yeah. own what we own uh fresh prince which by the way you know if it's just about like you know oh what if someone was coming to terms with class and you know that what what it means to have family members who are wealthy if you're not wealthy yeah. and then they're like that sounds like a little story all about how a certain someone's life got flipped turned turned upside down did, did you know that the fresh prince story is actually a uh, not Will Smith's story is like based on like a white guy. It's like a it's like a white guy created the Fresh Prince. Uh, and and I you mean, know which white guy it is, Jack. Do you know? 
We talked about this. Before, oh yeah, we did. I can't recall, about. but we we Andy did talk about it. Who is Borowitz it? of the Borowitz ah, yes. Report is that the actual is Fresh so Prince. insane. And that is so insane. You know what they should have done is we should have got the reboot where it was just Andy Borowitz. <laughs> where we're cutting between him writing his hilarious missives for the New Yorker and then cutting back to his uh, his wealthy you know uh, uh, time as a child growing up. Oh, it's just one of the funniest facts of all time. <laughs> truly hilarious. Truly funny. Uh, yeah, I, this is not something I'm upset about. I'm just kind of like, I fucking guess everything. <laughs> Every single thing is going to be coming back. Like, you know, whatever. Um, I, I do feel like the canceled Golden Globes, the only thing that's like kind of bizarre about it to me is that like people still want to like, okay, number one, um, Nobody went to accept the awards. The Golden Globes were very canceled. You know, we're not going to be accepting them. The HPFA is too fucking European and white. We can't do it. But you do actually have to submit to be considered <laughs> for the Golden Globes. So, I mean, all these studios, like, did submit to be, you know, to be up for the Golden Globes. And then stuff like, first of all, I want to say, I'll say it. Uh, on the record here on uh, Struggle Session, I love the new West Side Story. And I know we're talking about, you know, everything needs to be uh, an IP that already exists and everything like that. Steven Spielberg did it again, I'm telling you. And this is one that I actually do recommend people go to theaters for because there is never more than one or two other people in the theater. It's a very COVID-safe <laughs> thing to go to see West Side Story in theaters. Built-in um, social Rachel distancing if you're seeing a movie yeah. musical, basically. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, Rachel Zegler, you know, was very, very good as Maria in West Side Story, and she seemed very excited to win her Golden Globe, but because the Golden Globes are canceled, this is like the first, you know, Latina woman to win a Golden Globe. I, she's a bunch of different firsts or whatever. She's forced to do her, like, getting excited about it, like, on fucking, you know, on Instagram and on, like, Twitter. And I'm like, so what, in the end, like, what is the great big benefit to, like, the big, you know, the boycotting of the Golden Globes if you're still going to be submitting everything for the Golden Globes and still touting, you know, we won a Golden Globe on the posters and everything like that? Besides award season, another thing is, has captured the imagination of Hollywood and that is NFTs. Everyone mm. seems to be getting on board with crypto with currency. Apparently, like the they the people who have been pushing this stuff have found that actors are easy mm -hmm. fucking marks because you have Matt Damon doing crypto commercials. You have Reese Witherspoon uh, tweeting out stuff like. In the near future, every person will have a parallel digital identity. Avatars, crypto wallets, digital goods will be the norm. Are you planning for this? Like she's trying, like Reese Witherspoon, like who I thought I don't, I didn't know. Like she had a Twitter account where she tweeted <laughs> this stuff. Is now using it to like scare us into getting into fucking crypto and shit. Like. What is going on, Jack? And have they approached you yet? I feel have the men in the black suits that are going around telling everyone in Hollywood that they have to get into crypto that you got to get on board too. I mean, listen, I think that the real what's going on here is that people in Hollywood know where like easy money 
is to be made. You know what I mean? Like, this is a good opportunity for Reese Witherspoon to position herself at the top of a pyramid scheme. Let's be clear about what's going on with NFTs. There are a lot of people who didn't spend that much money on their stupid fucking Ethereum or whatever cryptocurrency, and they're sitting on, like, a lot of it in in terms of U.S. dollars, you know, while all this stuff is currently, like, hyperinflated and everything like that. And so what I think all the celebrities are seeing and what they're getting pitched on is this is a really good way to make super fucking easy money for offering basically nothing at all offering nothing in any way whatsoever you know like uh, uh offering an image of yourself or like a frame from a movie or something like that this is like and, and this has existed always it's like you know people there's always been auctions of you know fucking movie props and stuff like that cells of animation and everything but those were like you know physical one objects of a kind and thing. physical objects and things that were actually exist that existed in the real world um i don't know I, I i see reese witherspoon and all the celebrities you mentioned you know matt damon being an ad in an ad for crypto and then it's also like staples center just got renamed crypto.com center you know what this all points to to me a really dangerous bubble when fucking Staples Center is being renamed (laughs) Crypto.com Center. My advice to anyone who has cryptocurrency would be to get the fuck out. Wasn't there a bubble like in the the 90s or something? I think it was something like you said Crypto.com. That's reminding me of something. I think it was called like the dot com. Maybe it was called the dot com bubble and it was also a bunch of people selling, uh, buying up shit that was worth nothing. Like this NFT thing, absolutely baffling to me. I still really don't understand what these people are getting into, except for the fact that I, it made me think of something because the main like NFT variation are like all these ugly monkeys and bears, right? And it made me think back to uh, maybe around like 2003. It was before Funko Pops hit America, but there was this proto Funko Pop sort of culture that was a little bit tied into streetwear and I knew a dude who would buy all these little bears these little vinyl bears from Japan he would have them import and he like had was building up this collection and he was showing them off and all of and he posted this on this message board and we were all and this is people who knew each other in real life so it wasn't so it was a pretty diverse mix and all of us were like why did you buy all this stuff and he he didn't understand the questions like what do you, what do you mean why did I buy it because like now I own it and I feel like every time I ask it see someone talk about NFTs that's what it is it's like why did I buy it because it was on sale and now it's mine but it's, yeah, it's like nothing. available. I mean, listen, cryptocurrency to begin with is nothing. You know what I mean? So you basically have this scenario where like there are a lot of people who have a lot of value, like supposed theoretical value in U.S. dollars um, that they didn't spend that much money or whatever to to like get and they want to spend it on shit. You know what I mean? And for them, it's like, oh, this is 0.01 ETH. And it's like, well, that is like $600 and you are just buying a dumb JPEG or something like that. I think NFTs are extremely stupid, um, but I would say this. Um, you know, I think that the environmental stuff is really fucked up. I've read about, you know, the how the environmental stuff well, works let's, and all let, that. Well, let's and, say, like, all these celebrities were mentioning, you know, from a Matt Damon or a Reese Witherspoon or a, a fucking Jaden Smith, Halsey, Grimes, all these uh, Ellen DeGeneres, 
before they became like crypto kings, they were all sure. in on being like save the planet, sure. save the climate. Yeah. And like, I just wonder what the hell has changed other than they've just decided to give up on that and they make want as money. much money as they possible. They want money. I mean, fuck, they also like, you know, I mean, here's the other thing though, Leslie, is that it's like, you know what else uses up a ton of fucking energy and is really bad for the environment? The internet. Amazon Web Services in general, like all these servers running to serve us everything on the Internet. Now, granted, not as much as cryptocurrency does. Um, but my understanding is that they're trying to move to some sort of less environmentally awful ways of doing it or whatever. Uh, here's my. <laughs> I just think that sometimes when it's Reese Witherspoon, I'm like, you got paid $6 million to do fucking a dumb Quibi show that you recorded in your basement or whatever. But when I see like everybody getting mad at like Eric Andre, uh, for doing NFTs, I'm like, I get it. Cause NFTs do suck, but also like, it's not like Eric Andre ever made like a lot of money working at adult swim or anything like that. Like there is a small part of me. That's like, let these, let people grift their fucking money off of the dumb crypto guys. All this money is stupid to begin with and no one is ever making any money doing anything so i don't know like uh, it's i don't tough know for me i think I, no nfts are just they're just too obviously stupid for any for anybody i respect to do i think that's i think that's the real like thing thing of it. it's like i could understand like there's just nothing there's just no value it's just scamming the marks and also with the environmental uh concerns i just don't see any purpose or why people are like like there's other ways to make you know i think you could sell your soul in other in less embarrassing ways i think than nfts honestly i, I mean i do I a fucking commercial agree. do any fucking other commercial yeah. like any like i'm sure other people want your commercials i'm sure you know, work for fucking like go to the networks that you're pissed off and do whatever bullshit they ask you to do if you want to make extra money you ought to do nfts I I just do think that they're that these fucking crypto guys are sitting on like hundreds of thousands of dollars and what the fuck else are they going to spend it on child pornography you know like I don't know like there's the part of me that I that like sometimes I think it's sad when I see people being like buy an NFT of this I'm like damn yeah you're really the apartment is a little too expensive for you you know I don't know it, it, it the whole we live in we live in a fucking mirror we live in like a fucking carnival circus insane economy to begin with and i i do sometimes feel sorry for artists not for matt damon and reese witherspoon or anything like that but people who've never really been able to make any kind of real living uh from their art you know uh, um you know having to turn to something like this and then also getting yelled at by everybody all right so uh mike shinoda of Linkin Park is trying to sell gamers on NFTs because NFTs, yeah. they just don't have to be JPEGs that you can click. They could also be Fortnite skins that, hey, if you buy an NFT, you can also use in Valorant and now Call of shit. Duty and Minecraft, even Twitter and yeah. Instagram. Who in the this blue Leslie. fuck wants that? What single gamer in the world wants any of that stuff like people want skins that are actually like about the game that they're playing like they don't want to play necessarily as the joker in every game that comes out 
there, there's an idea fomenting of something called the Web 3.0. And you're right that there are guys in like black suits going around and selling this idea and doing TED Talks about this and all this kind of shit. And like this is one of the core ideas of Web 3.0 is that like you'll get to control all of your fucking you know dlc, know, DLC. You'll, you'll get to and, like, have bring finally, it around with you and shit finally your favorite dlc helmet will be available in multiple games not just the first of all i know this is bullshit because anybody who plays any online games with crossplay knows that not a single one of these companies can even transfer your items right. from one yeah. platform to the other so the you idea can't, that you can't use the same you can't use the same save for gta online between pc and ps5 like there's not going to be like you can use get the cars you get in gta also in forza that's just fucking ridiculous yeah. by the way also all these companies want to charge you for dlc they they don't want it to be free for you because you paid another company for it. A lot of this NFT stuff and the Fortnite skins is like all tied together. But I feel like gamers have already put up with enough of this bullshit. I don't know if they will necessarily like fall for it. You know, like they're I, gamers I, have been mad about uh, DLC. And now like, what if you spend a hundred dollars on the DLC, but then we promise to maybe look into putting it in another game as well. Like who gives a shit? My other, my other thing. And this, this, uh, this goes for almost all crypto and especially for NFTs is like, they're trying to sell us that the idea of there being an online database is new. You know what I mean? Like they're like we've had databases online forever. That's what every single website. But have runs they used on, the blockchain, like, Jack? Have no, these but, but, databases but, 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 used the blockchain? But who you gives have to shit? have the blockchain in there, Jack, or your database is bullshit, Jack. Come on. I, come on. Get 3.0 with me. Get 3.0. I mean, Let's get this blockchain. Is like, we should we should sell NFTs of uh of the Star Wars episodes. You know <laughs> what I mean? Maybe, maybe we should sell <laughs> NFTs of uh of classic struggle session episodes that you can get for five dollars a month, but if you are someone who holds crypto, you can also pay ten thousand dollars uh to get the uh to get the MP3 of it. We should probably uh, do that a, you that you own. We could do a bugman exclusive episode that we will release of course for free on torrents but also you can nft as well but you can't, <laughs> listen, you, can't I, I, you can only one person can legally buy it but everyone else could buy it listen i i i do think you know I, especially the shit with like it like that's just a pipe dream this idea that you're going to be able to like use the same items it's either a pipe dream or you'll only be able to do it between games that are from the same publisher and creator like which they already idea, do they already do yeah. like if you play assassin's creed you get a skin and far cry and vice versa for free without having to buy anything it's just like this is just how they get you to buy into the game this is not some this is not like an added value this is something like video game companies already regularly do i saw someone being like so you can play as mario in mario kart but what if you like owned mario and every game you played you got to be mario and every single game i'm like well that's real nice for the one guy that bought mario <laughs> you know what i mean like i actually think like it's kind of cool if we all get to play as all the characters and you don't have to spend like a million dollars on mario i come from the opposite end actually i say i wouldn't want to even if i was the only person in the world to be able to play as mario i wouldn't want to play as him in 
in more than what two or three games. If I'm being honest well, with listen, you, Jack, it would be a waste. I love, I love, I love Mario, and I love the various sports that he likes to play. You know, Mario can do a wide range of different things, and uh, yeah, I don't want just like one millionaire. Here's the other thing: is I think a lot of this NFT shit with video games and stuff is being led, you know, by the CEOs and the executives who have people that are into NFTs around them. Most normal people don't have the fucking money to get into this. Yes. Like this is going to be like you'll like the smallest percent, the smallest fraction of a fraction of your audience is going to get into this. And yes, that might represent some amount of bottom line for you. But what happens to all the other people who don't have thousands of dollars in stupid fucking Ethereum to spend on like their DLC character? It's so goofy because it seemed like they have finally figured it out. All right. This is how we're going to get people hooked. We'll make the game for free, but we sell the battle pass for $10, and you see yourself, until you buy that battle pass, you still see your progress. So, hey, you want all those skins, you pay us your $10 for this month. Seem yeah. like they have figured it out, and that's a way, you know, to get even people with not a lot of money uh, to give you their money, you know? But now with this shit, it's like very high level aimed at the big whales only whales only yeah whales only where it's in the star citizen this is like the star citizening of all video games i don't think it's gonna happen so a lot of like even being worried about yeah. this is just like it's gonna fizzle and just be stupid like it doesn't make any sense to be it, it just doesn't make sense like it doesn't make sense like the idea that like if i spend thousands of dollars on a car in forza that i'll get it in gta and that anyone will even fucking give a shit about that like it just seems like this is a feature that might occasionally be like half sort of accomplished but not in a way that anyone ever gives a shit about yeah who like you buy new games because you want new cars and new stuff to play with you don't want to use the same thing over and over again especially now that people are like used to getting games for free who the fuck knows but hopefully I do I do think it will fizzle out. I do think like people are just going to realize like most people like don't even know how like when you uh, when you see the stories of these stolen NFTs. Have you seen some of these stories, yes. Jack? Where people yes, I are saw just somebody being, trying to report it to the FBI and shit. Well, yeah. yeah so so I saw this uh, post uh, these posts are popping up where people are just like one click can cost you tens of thousands of dollars or even if you're on like the official website where your wallet is at seeing reese witherspoon be like in the near future everyone will have a parallel digital identity avatars crypto wallets i'm like reese witherspoon is not going to be living a parallel life and fucking second life you know what i mean like we as people who have been online and gamers have already lived through this shit and it's like there is no value add to like living in weird fucking 3d fake world like i know that it might seem to some people as though there's an appeal to that but that's because we've been locked indoors for two years <laughs> I mean, like i see some of this shit where it's like here's what walmart will look like shopping in the metaverse and the I'm metaverse like, the metaverse is facebook's new thing and it's a sort of general catch-all term for that i guess companies are going to be creating like second life you know sort of applications where you like create a little avatar and go around and talk to people and there's nothing new about this there really is nothing new about this it's like 
and and the and the pitch was that you could go grocery shopping in virtual reality and on picking up stuff from the virtual shelves, which as you can clearly see in the video and if anybody who's used VR, you know that that's a hundred times more annoying than going down to the goddamn store yourself. And certainly more annoying than just adding it to like a cart on a website. Yes. This is what, this is where I'm like, I'm like, so why, why do I want to be going to a fake grocery store that doesn't look like a real grocery store and is even like more alienating the like items sink into your like cart and other weird shit? Like, like, first of all, yes. Why is that better than going to an actual grocery store? But then also, why is it better than just using Amazon? You know, like I know Amazon's awful and fucked up, but I'm like, yeah, like, why don't we just want to click an image of it and say, buy this? <laughs> like, why do I want to be like pretending to to grab from fucking 3D space and all this kind of shit? Like, I think what Metaverse is, is it's one of these products that is more beneficial to the company that's making the product. And they're trying to sell it to us. It's the same as Facebook in general. They're trying to sell it to us as something that is going to be a need in our lives, but it's not necessary. And in fact, just more benefits the company who's making it like yes it would be very very good for facebook if people started living their entire lives in dumb little 3d houses in metaverse but i don't think that would make a better life for anyone in the real world and i don't get it all right folks that was struggle session here's an exclusive track from nisio and juano fantasized later Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down. 
five years strong.